0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Not Just Gym Girls podcast. I am Vanessa. And I'm Marissa. And today we're going to talk about some common fitness myths that come up within coaching and things that we used to believe ourselves and debunk them, explain the science behind these things and why you don't necessarily have to worry about these things. So these are common things that have come up within our journeys as well as our clients, like I mentioned, and we're super excited to bring you guys this episode and hopefully bring a little bit of clarity to some of these topics.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're super excited to get this underway. Like Vanessa said, these are fitness Smiths that we believed ourselves way back when and that we actually see come up a lot of times with new clients and in check-ins. So we're going to kind of talk about the science behind
0: it and why it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and start with the first one. So this isn't one that I really see commonly within my older clients, but carbs past 8 p.m. or even just like carbohydrates in general and being very, very scared of having carbohydrates in your diet. So Something about that I always tell my clients something about strength training, especially is that is going to be essential for your performance to have carbohydrates because glycogen, which is what carbohydrates are is going to be what your body is going to utilize to perform in the gym, you're not using protein, you're not really using dietary fat as an energy source for strength training specifically. So it's really important that if if you train and when you train you have carbohydrates in your system and i think something that commonly comes up within clients is like okay i don't want to have carbohydrates because i think they're going to quote unquote make me fat which is something i've commonly heard within like inquiries or whatever it is and understanding that the only thing to make you gain body fat is a caloric surplus and i think this is really important especially speaking on the time so past 8 p.m., you know, carbohydrates are bad past 8 p.m., something that I tell my clients as well is like, hey, your body doesn't have a clock. It doesn't know what time it is, right? So when you're looking at your energy expenditure or intake from a day-to-day perspective, your body doesn't know, you know, it doesn't start at 8 p.m. converting all the calories to body fat. That's not necessarily how it works. It's definitely a little bit more complex than that. So if you do have carbohydrates past 8pm, maybe you might see, you know, your scale weight jump up a little bit. And I think this is a big reason people are a little bit scared because that glycogen or that water that they're holding from the carbohydrates and the glycogen can scare them if they see their scale weight jump up.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think you touched on definitely everything that I would touch on there within like carbs past 8pm. Just like you said, your body does not know what time it is. And it's kind of like that old myth, right, that we kind of go in and that like, yes, Here's the thing where, too, we kind of, like, draw the line. It's, like, you don't want to eat a huge meal then go directly to bed, of course, because you want to give your body time to digest that food. And I think that's more so where yeah, this absolutely. stems from. Because, um, you, of course, like, you have to think about it. When you're going to bed, you're laying down in a horizontal position. And, yes, horizontal. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Horizontal, yeah, yeah. yeah. Triple think that. <laughs> horizontal position and your food is kind of just like sitting there. So that's why even especially if you're like a night shift worker and you have to eat a meal at night, it's not doesn't mean it's going to automatically turn into body fat. But like if you can, you know, give yourself five to ten minutes go for a little like walk around your house give your body some time to digest before you just go directly to sitting down you know especially you'll see too when you have a big meal and then you go directly to sitting down you kind
0: of like feel it sit in your stomach for a little bit yeah for sure and something i want to touch on with the carbs past 8 p.m too just because carbs before bed isn't necessarily a bad thing doesn't mean you want to take all of your carbohydrates before bed right this is what i call like macro hoarding with my clients like we really do want to spread out that food spread out those carbohydrates throughout the day and really honestly prioritize them around our workout that's where they're going to most benefit fit you for the most part so i think it's super important when we speak about you know carbs past 8 p.m or whatever it is no it's not quote-unquote bad to have them but like you had mentioned from a digestive standpoint from a sleep standpoint from a performance standpoint it probably does make sense to prioritize them around your workout so i think we kind of hammered home that one carbs past 8 p.m are not quote-unquote bad but definitely try to make sure you're balancing them throughout the day for sure
1: for sure. I'd say good rule of thumb is to have over 50% of your carbohydrates pre and post training. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So next one sweating slash soreness during workouts and that indicating that like that is a good workout. It's like a better workout. Yeah. yeah. Better workout if you're like dripping sweat and you're extremely sore the next day. So this could not be farther from the truth. I, I know I speak for both of us when I say we hardly ever like sweat or get sore anymore. Think about it. Sweating is just like if you have, like... Just your body telling you that you're hot. Like, yeah, it doesn't and, really mean too much. If you have more, like, predisposition to sweating. Like, some people yeah. can just, like, sweat, you know, walking down the street. Yeah. But some people, like... It's very genetic. Yeah. Like, us, we, we really, like, do not sweat unless we are, like, I don't know... Unless I'm, like, running, which I, mean, I haven't run in probably, like, I don't even know how many years. Like, unless I'm running in, like, 85 degree weather, then I'll yeah. start sweating. But, like, it's very, very hard for me to sweat, so, like i would be doing myself a disservice if i'm like oh i never had a good workout if i don't sweat like it means the workouts over the past seven years where i haven't been sweating (laughs) have not been you know effective and you put it kind of put it in that lens and it's like oh of course not you know yeah of course you're showing up each and every day
0: and also with strength training too like the goal is not necessarily to be like sweating tons and tons and tons you want to take ample rest time in between your sets to perform to your highest degree so like if you're sweating like like a ton, like that's totally fine. That can be very genetic, but also like you want to make sure you're giving yourself the opportunity to bring your heart rate down a little bit, to rest and recover, to give that all to the next set. So sweating is something that definitely comes up sometimes within coaching, and my clients are like, hey, I'm not like sweating during these workouts, and I'm like, I understand from a specific point of like if I'm working out, I want to feel like I'm working hard, and I want to be sweating, which I could see, but don't let the amount you're sweating dictate. If your workout is successful, because I think during like a leg day myself, like I'll sweat a little bit more on like a leg day versus like a push day, like push day, not at all, like yeah. truly. So I think that's something that's super important to kind of touch on. And also speaking on sweating too. like just making sure you're pushing yourself in your training. I think this is really important as well, because people will think of strength training. And since it's a longer rest time, maybe they're not pushing the limits that they need to in order to elicit that change. They're like, I think like I'm not working hard, but it's not necessarily the sweating, just making sure that Sweating or not, you're just pushing yourself in your training and making sure you're reading the logbook. Kind of same thing goes with soreness. Um, the, soreness is kind of one that if you're like never, ever, ever sore, maybe there's more to be, you know, tapping into in terms of the training. But I think if you've been doing the same training program for, you know, a long period of time, you're probably not going to be as sore as you would be if you just started a new training program. So I think with soreness, like not really chasing that soreness, because there's going to come a point where maybe you're like, your muscles are just a little bit more acclimated to the movement. And it doesn't necessarily your body's not in like this. I don't know how to say it. Like, um, help me out here. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> it's not it's not quite as sensitive, I guess, to the movements anymore. So it's you, adapted. There you go. Yeah, it's adapted. Yeah. <laughs> So, when your muscles adapt to the kind of movements that you're doing week over week, you're not going to get that same soreness as you would have the first or second time. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, when there's a new training program, and it's kind of going a little bit off track, but same thing
1: with like looking at strength training workouts and trying to burn as much calories as possible, right? Like, we know that's not necessarily effective. We know we're not trying to just burn as many calories as possible, right? We're focusing on other ways of like focusing on progressive overload, making sure that we are. And doing that in each session, making sure that we have better mind-muscle connection, good form, all that good stuff. So definitely, I think these both are like things that like, oh, if I am didn't drip sweat and I'm not sore doesn't mean I had a good workout. And I think kind of just like shifting that focus of like, hey, it doesn't mean I didn't have a good workout. You know, if I beat the log book, if I had a really good training session, if I had good form, if I really, you know, felt that mind-muscle connection, I knew exactly what muscles I was training. And I walked out of the gym and, you know, I had a great recovery day the next day. Like, that's huge. It means that your body is like, just, like you said, adapted to it. And it just, like, means that, like, hey, does it mean you're never going to have soreness? I'm not saying we never have soreness, right? Like, my doctor is pretty sore right now. but, But, like, it means that, like, I'm not going into each training session, like, extremely, chasing that soreness, extremely yeah. sore. like, because that would just be silly. Um, but that yeah,
0: 100%. Like- and I think, too, with, like, the calories, like, not burning that many calories, something I always tell my clients, like, we're not in the gym to burn calories. We're not using strength training as a means to, like, earn, quote, unquote, your food or anything like that. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're burning a 100 calories, 200 calories, 500 calories, a 1,000 calories, I really, like, your watch, trust me, it doesn't know. It does not know how many calories you're burning. So, if you're looking at that and trying to determine if it was a good workout through calories burned do yourself a favor just stop tracking your workouts i haven't tracked my workouts in like two or three years yeah so that's kind of that on the sweating and soreness and then the next one muscle will turn into fat if i don't work out
1: could not be farther from the (laughs) truth um speaking from someone who has had To take some time out of the gym just You have had to take quite a bit of time, yeah. For sure. Out of the gym
0: again for probably, like, not necessarily out of the gym, but definitely Definitely, less. Yeah, definitely less frequency for sure. You've had, yeah, you've had quite a few, so this is a great thing for you to talk about. Yeah. So you've had surgeries, you've had time from, you know, being sick and stuff, so like a vacation recently for both Mm -hmm. of us. So go ahead and talk about, like, do you think that all of your muscle turned into body fat?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I can specifically speak for, like, this past month for me has just been absolutely crazy yeah like I've been traveling a ton if you guys follow me on Instagram you probably have seen this I literally have like no joke, two more days home and then I'm off again for the last trip. But, like, also, too, I know that, like, my expectations for this past month as far as, like, strength training is, like, kind of doing what I can. Like, I'm not going to, you know, go on these trips and vacations and, you know, these things I have to attend and be like, oh, my goodness, if I don't work out, it's the end of the world, right? Because then I'm almost going into these events setting myself up for failure. Um, So I think I've worked out what maybe – I think from the time we were I was I came home from Portugal, from the time I left for Florida, I worked out maybe three times. Um, because one, two, I was like listening to my body, didn't want to overdo it, especially before I was leaving. And no, my muscle did not turn into fat. (laughs) Those extra four days, I made sure I ate protein, I made sure I wasn't just like also just sitting around all day, right? I was I was focusing on like active recovery, but I also too was making good decisions and kind of like we talked about in our last podcast about just like Portugal and how we approach that just like continuing to like make really good decisions I was still staying active it didn't mean that I wasn't going out for a walk still and things along those lines but also too like you have to be out of the gym for long long periods of time in order for like your muscle to turn to body fat I think three months was a stretch for me when I when I had a wrist injury and the I science was- actually chose four really yeah uh, at three months i was feeling fluffy. <laughs> at
0: three months i was transparency i, I was feeling <laughs> fluffy
1: i was i was itching to go back um but again this but is that's not like, from
0: a perspective of that you really thought your muscle was
1: turning to body fat that no, was just like you miss it you know no i i was just missing it like truly your your muscle does not it, it takes months yeah like it you does said, the studies have shown like if you miss a workout here and there A week, I'm not going to work out at all in the next like week that I'm going to be gone again. Like, knowing that like my muscle is not going to turn into fat without working out. Like, you have to go long periods of time. And then also, too, your nutrition. Your nutrition. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you are still like eating protein, like that's going to do wonders for your muscle mass. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And something, too, I always tell my clients if they travel and they're worried about like, I didn't work out or if they like, even just as simple as like need to switch a rest day, like from a Tuesday to a Thursday, whatever. Um, something that I always talk about is like building new muscle, pretty hard. Retaining muscle, pretty easy. Losing muscle, also pretty hard. So when, when you have muscle mass on you, like your body wants to keep it. Once it's on you, it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is quote unquote ours. Like we want to keep this around. This is helping us, whatever. So if you are not training, Your body isn't just going to start utilizing all of that muscle for energy, not at all. If you're eating carbohydrates, which are going to be protein sparing, if you're eating your protein and you're staying active, like you're going to be totally okay. Honestly, you're probably be better off giving yourself that little bit of rest. Like there's going to be times in your fitness journey where you have to take time off training, an extended period of time off training. No one is able to keep up with. Days, you know, five days a week at the gym for years and years and years, no breaks. Like things happen, life happens. And I think where people get nervous is they're like, you know, if they can't go to the gym, all of a sudden everything falls to the wayside. The water, the nutrition, the protein, the steps, everything falls to the wayside. That's where you might run into some issues with losing muscle if all of those things are compromised. But if you are still checking your boxes, getting your steps in, hitting your water, hitting your protein, and you're just not working out from like a vacation or even just like rest days, which goes into our next one, but If you're not resting, you're not recovering, and you're not building new muscle. So it's super important to make sure that you understand, like, hey, if you're doing the best that you can, you're checking your boxes, muscle doesn't just, like, turn into body fat. It's not quite that simple. So that's kind of our point there. And even so, like, gaining body fat happens from a caloric surplus. So if you're eating around maintenance, doing what you have to do in terms of nutrition – you're going to be totally fine. Yeah, I totally agree. I
1: could not agree more. And I think that's a big, big common misconception that we get a lot. Um, so heading into the next point, which I think perfectly ties into this previous point that we talked on, is no rest days. So I used to be a huge, like, I don't want to say a huge proponent. I used to be a huge, <laughs> um, practicer, I guess. That's not <laughs> yeah. even a word. But yeah. like, I used to practice this Proponent, all I the guess time. proponent, yeah. All the time, way back when in my like, <laughs> I call it like pre Fitness, but like pre Cardio Bunny era. <laughs> yeah, Cardio Bunny actually didn't know what I was doing era. Um, so, I was like literally like strength training like five days a week. I remember and this. And then I would yeah. run like four days a week and I literally did not take a day off ever. You are growing when you're resting. Like I don't yep. know if you've ever heard that, but you probably have heard people say this quote before. But like you're growing when you're sleeping, and that's why we always do touch on sleep all the time. Um and why it's so important because that's when your body's actually getting like solid rest. That's when you're able to build muscle, right? When you're in the gym, you're tearing that muscle, you're yep. tearing those muscle fibers. That's exactly what you're doing that's why it hurts right that's why (laughs) like strength training like that's how people are like oh my goodness it hurts it's hard because yes you're literally tearing those muscle fibers apart but like you when you are resting that is when you are growing that muscle tissue and i think this kind of like you know no rest days and i I don't know when i feel like it almost like caught a pipe, like no no days yeah. off. kind of it's, it's, mentality. People wear it as
0: like a bad like a not a, a badge, badge of honor. Badge of honor. I'm like, that's not a flex. Like that's yeah. not a flex at all. Like no rest days is not a flex.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, like you you need your body straight up needs rest. The same way you're not expected to work seven days a week. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like, yeah. If, if, you, if you think about it, and you kind of like put it in these ways of like comparison, it's like, oh yeah, well duh, I need a day off. Yeah, it's 100%. same thing for your body when it comes to
0: working out. That's such so, a good analogy too with the work, like with the work because. because. Because if you worked every single day for weeks and weeks and weeks and months on end, how would your performance be at work? Probably not very good. So, yeah, you'd reach burnout, you would reach whatever it is, you would, you would hate your job, probably to be honest. So, I think what's important is like, okay, if you don't expect to be working, you know, seven days a week you can't expect to be working out seven days a week and recovering and seeing the physique changes that you want to and performing and enjoying what you're doing which is a huge thing within fitness and i think too with the rest days um like being able to like you had said like you are not building muscle in the gym that's you're literally putting micro tears into your muscles and when you are resting and you're eating your protein and you're hitting your water that is when your muscle is building back stronger so the next time it goes into the gym and let's say you're squatting 135 pounds and you've never done that before you're body's like, oh my God, I've never done this before. I don't have the quote unquote tools to be able to do this effectively. So you leave the gym after you do your 135 pound squat and you take your rest day, your body builds that muscle up to be stronger. So the next time that you do it, the next week that you go in and do it, you're able to do it better and you're able to do it better form with more weight. Maybe you hit 140 pounds, whatever. And it's this constant cycle of you know, hitting the PR, resting and recovering, hitting the PR, resting and recovering. That's how you get better. And that's how you see change in your physique. So the no rest days thing, I definitely think it's super problematic when people wear it as like a badge of honor, like you said, but if you're not taking rest days, you're probably not training hard enough either. So I think that's really important to touch on too. If you can just go, 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 then I would definitely look at your training intensity and I would definitely look at uh, things a little bit deeper there. But Next one here. So let's talk about spot reducing. Can you spot reduce? Can you lose body fat from doing, you know, the bra fat workouts or the core workouts or, you know, the lean leg workouts?
1: No, because if you could, my core would be a lot tighter. Yeah. My, 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 <laughs> I, would, I would pick, like, of course. I'd as, love to spot reduce. Yeah, Put me in. As yeah. Females, <laughs> we just hold more body fat, you know, in our hips, in our stomachs. Like, that's just... Legs for sure, just, yeah. yeah, and our legs, thighs, like that's just the luck of the draw, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're a female. You're well, when
0: you think about it, shit. women are not meant to be walking around like shredded. We're like, what we're on this earth to do is reproduce. Yeah, technically, like yeah. bear children. So when people come to us like, you know, I have more weight here, X, Y, Z, I'm like, yeah. That kind of means, yeah, that kind of means that your body's kind of, you know, doing what it's supposed to do in terms of, like, women are supposed to have a little bit more body fat in their stomach. You have organs there that need to be protected in their legs, in their hips, whatever it is. and It's really normal. And, like, with spot reducing, I think people get the wrong idea because of TikTok and Instagram. People post these, like, core workouts. And, like, when I first started in my fitness journey – I would look at influencers and they would post like thigh slimming workouts and I would do those. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, that's just terrible. But it's super important to ensure like you cannot, like I just want to make it super clear. You cannot spot reduce. Mm -hmm. The only way to lose body fat from in general is a calorie deficit. And then where you lose that body fat is going to be really highly genetic. Very, very, very highly genetic me and you are siblings and we're like what three years apart and we both use body fat very differently yeah very differently so i think it's really important to even say like similar genetics in terms of siblings we'll lose body fat differently. Like I know for myself, I hold more of my fat in your legs and your legs are always like pretty lean. So it just depends on the person. And like, that's totally fine. And I think too, when you like, you just come to terms with where you lose body fat and just understanding, like if you're in a deficit for long enough and you're doing things the right way and you're checking your boxes, you're going to see body fat loss from everywhere, where it's first, where it is last. That's just genetic. You can't change that. It doesn't matter how many workouts you do that are, you know, whatever they want to call it in their cover photo on Instagram, but it's super important to just like make it super clear. You can't spot reduce. Yeah. And same kind of like token with
1: that. It doesn't mean you can't like strengthen different parts of your physique. It doesn't mean that like if you have a weak spot, like for instance, like if I have a woman who really, really emphasizes like, Hey, I want to have bigger glutes. I want to grow my glutes. Doesn't mean that you can't do that. And it doesn't mean that you can't like strengthen those things. Yeah. But I, I think it's a difference of where you're like, well, my triceps are really flabby. i want to lose all the fat from there. It's like, great. <laughs> get in line. Like, like there's like yeah. 45 other people that want to do that as yeah, well. You 100%. know what I mean? No, so I 100%, think, yeah. I think kind of having that like nice balance of like, yes, bodybuilding and like strength training is literally sculpting your physique, yeah, 100%. right? And like, obviously you can manipulate your training, like Three leg days or like, you know, more back days, add pull ups, all that good stuff. But like, you can't just come like to a coach and said, Hey, I want to lose fat from here, here, and here. I want to do stomach number one, triceps number two, and, and glutes number three.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just not, it's just yeah. not, it's not works. Yeah. It's so I mean, funny too, how you mentioned the tricep thing where it's like, I want to lose body fat from my triceps. And then those same people are like, okay, let's build muscle there. Let's start training heavy. Let's, you know, like, Put some training intensity behind our upper body and they like shudder. They scream. It's like, I killed their firstborn child. And I asked them <laughs> if they can, you know, add some muscle there because they hear muscle and they think, Oh my God, I'm going you know, to get bulky. And I'm like, okay, I see the problem here because yes, you can't know you can't spot reduce, but you can build muscle exactly. on those, on those points. Right. And when you build muscle, you look a little bit leaner in those, you know, areas because there's muscle to show for. And. In these cycles of, you know, losing fat and gaining muscle, losing fat and gaining muscle, you can sculpt your entire physique, you've both done it. Body recomposition, it's what it's called, right? Yep. So being able to have muscle and less body fat and see that toned look in your tricep, for an example, that doesn't come from spot reducing and doing a million tricep extensions or a million tricep dips. That comes from... Building the muscle within appropriate rest rep ranges and appropriate training, eating your protein, like I said, recovering, and then losing that body fat, showcasing that muscle. That's how people get tone, and people get really confused within spot reducing because you want those results right now. You want to see the fat loss right now, and you don't want to go through the you know monotony of that process. But and I understand that, but that's the only way to do it. So yeah, yeah. Going For into sure. the next one, kind of the same situation, and talking about like. Core movements being for abs. Okay, hey, sure. I'm sure you always heard it before, too.
1: Abs are built in the kitchen. Yep, 100 And, like, it really matters. Like, you can do
0: as many core movements as you want. If your diet is shit, you're never going to have abs. Yep, 100%. You couldn't have said it better. Like, honestly, you couldn't have said it better. And people get, you know, upset when it's like, hey, you can do the planks, the crunches, the hanging leg raises until you're blue in the face. Yep. But if you, you know, do your ab workout at the gym and then go eat five guys – I hate to be the bearer of bad news. One of them is doing a lot more than the other. And I think something that's important, too, to touch on with, like, core movements, it doesn't mean never, ever train your core. Like, that's not what we're trying to say, either, because you have to have muscle there to show. If you, I, like, before I started my fitness journey, I've always had, like, a leaner core, which I'm very genetically blessed for, but I didn't have abs being, you know, a higher body fat percentage, because I didn't have any muscle there. So, it's important that you do have that foundation and that muscle if you build up that muscle through core movements and through your compound movements mostly um, of doing and embracing your core. But it is also something that that by itself is not going to make you have abs. Yeah. You have to have one with the other. So you have to have the nutrition, a low enough body fat percentage to see the abs. And then you have to also have the muscle there, even if it's just a little bit, you don't really need to do much to be honest. But just being able to have like one or two ab movements a week is plenty. And from that and nutrition, you will see the abs that you're looking for. Everybody has abs. Some people just can't see them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, honestly, I think that kind of like runs home that point. Yeah, too. I agree. Yeah. Um. Last one. All right, let's one dive into it. Take. This one is a hot take for sure. So I'll let you take it away. Actually, working out fasted, is it going to burn more body fat? No. Definitely not. And if
1: you're a female, I was just talking to a client about this yesterday, highly, highly do not recommend, especially for your hormones. We have very, very sensitive hormones as females and training fasted, it is like adding more wood to the fire. Like it is just really, really bad for you. Um, The reason being is that like, I know some people think like, oh, if I'm working out fast and I'm tapping into like these fast stores. Yeah
0: yesterday or yesterday or whatever, or whatever day or, you know, whatever day.
1: yesterday or the past week or whatever it is but no this yeah. is not true
0: 100 percent, especially where you talk on the female hormones if you're a female that does not have your cycle please do not first of all don't fast in general but also please do not train fasted oh my god what a disaster especially if you drink coffee and then you're waking up your cortisol is already high and you're having caffeine you're Spooky. adding you're adding more you know issues void to the fire i'll use the same analogy you did and then you're going to train which is already going to put you into a more like hypersensitive spot oh my god like of of course you're not getting your cycle back so that's the fasting for females that don't have their cycle is really really problematic so that's super important to touch on we could do literally we could talk about all about fasting and um a podcast eventually but I think it's super important. Like you're not if you're not eating before your training because you think it's doing something for your body composition in a positive way, you're 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 literally spinning your own wheels. It's definitely not. It's doing the exact opposite, if I'm being honest. Cause I do have clients that are like, I just cannot eat in the morning. And that's a little bit different versus like the fasting for like fat burning. Cause if you can't eat in the morning, I'll just have my clients do an intro. And like I'll just have them have some Gatorade or like some coconut water, some juice, whatever, and we make it work, we put some salt in there, whatever. Because training fasted is honestly just never going to help you, to be honest. But if you just can't stomach food, then I understand that. But it's not going to make you burn body fat. Like, that. you're not tapping into any magical stores. You might be tapping into your muscle mass, which is, like, the last thing that you want. Yeah. If it's been, you know, hours and hours since you had a protein source and you're going to the gym and you're trying to break your muscle down, like, it doesn't look good, to be honest. So... I think too, with working out fasted, I feel so passionate about this because I used to do it for so long and then I wondered why I looked the same for so long. And speaking on fasting too, it's like people think it's this like magic tool or this magic, you know, thing. But I think a lot of times too, people will just like want to fast during their workouts because they want to save food for nighttime or whatever it is. But truthfully, what's going to change your body composition is your training and mm-hmm. your nutrition hand in hand. So if you can prioritize some carbs, some protein, a little bit of dietary fat, and just prioritize digestion, it'll take you so far. It'll take you so far. Your workouts will be so much more enjoyable. Your physique will thank you. Your recovery will thank you. So that's kind of my thoughts on training fasted.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And it kind of ties perfectly into the first point we talked about as well. Like carbs are our main are our body's main source of fuel. So like why would we go into a workout without that?
0: You're going into training with flat tires. Like yeah. you're literally you're going into training with flat tires. You have no carbohydrates, no sodium. You're dehydrated because you just woke up. Like, yeah. it's, you're just, you're, it's just not going to go well. Like, it's yeah. just not going to go well. I don't even know any other way to put it. It's just not going to go well. And it, I, again, I feel so passionate about this because I did train fasted for so long and I looked at the same and I was like, what's going on here? I'm training fast and I'm doing everything right. And I think what's really important too, Within training fasted, is like your performance will do a 180. I had a client recently and she's like really nervous to start eating before her training. I'm like, I understand that, definitely understand the mindset there. So I told her, I was like, you can message me a hundred times if you, if you want to, but I want you to have a meal before you go to the gym or like break your, um, fast intro workout. And she was like, this is amazing. Like, I feel great. Like my performance is great. My energy is better. I'm not hungry, you know, throughout the entire day after. So I think it's really important. Although it can be scary to kind of change that routine and change your mindset around it. It, it really does make
1: such a difference. I agree. I could not agree more. And I think this episode was just so, so fun. Kind of like debunking these fitness yeah, myths sure. because these are things we see time and time again. And I wish this is something that I heard, you know, yeah,
0: me too. six, seven years ago. So yeah, absolutely. Always a good time going over fitness myths and just like talking about clients and things like that, all things fitness. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, thank you so, so much for listening. Tag us on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback. And thank you so much again. And we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.